You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Jesus said when he spoke to his disciples, he said that I'm the light of the world. A little bit later on, he come back and said, ye are the light of the world. Now, and that's, that is the truth. We are a light that shines in darkness, but we're a light kind of like the moon, a light that has no light of our own, truly. Uh, but we absorb the rays uh, of the sun, and through the rays of the sun and, and the reflection off of us uh, is to be a light in a dark uh, world. His, his light shining on us, His light shining through us. And tonight in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, he gets real practical about that. And really, we, we, put, we started on this uh, last week, but he gets real practical about what it means. And when you study the New Testament, tonight we're reading the Apostle Paul. And we understand that the Word of God is inspired by the Holy Ghost of God. He used different men to write it. So this is the Holy Ghost speaking to us through the Apostle Paul. But we see it here with Paul. We see it repeated from Paul. We see it especially with John. If you read the Gospel of John, uh, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, uh, look for light. Look for the word light. Look for the word uh, love. And look uh, for the word, there's another L word there, light, love, and life. Look for those three words. <laughs> They're emphasized a lot, but that's the case with uh, in, in the New Testament we're in, in, encouraged over and over again about being the light. But it gets real practical about it, kind of into shoe leather Christianity, if you will, when you get into Ephesians chapter number 5. And there's not as, he not, doesn't talk as much in generalities, and he gets pretty specific with it. But this starts with chapter 5 and verse number 1, and we'll read down to verse number 14, and we'll primarily be dealing with verses 7 through 14. Ye are the light of the world. Ephesians 5 verse 1, the Bible says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice of God for a sweet-smelling savor. So the way we're going to be a light to the world is by walking in love. But notice the contrast. If we're walking in love, this is something that we will be avoiding. Walking in love, walking in light. Verse 3, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. In other words, those that call themselves Christians and the children of God should not be uh, known for these things. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. And when it talks about these, uh, you know, there in verse number 5, whoremonger, unclean person that goes through these things, there's, there's a couple other lists like this in the New Testament that say, you know, be not deceived. These people are not inheriting the kingdom of God. These people are not people that are born again, no matter what they may say. And that's one of the things that, You'll find in the New Testament, it's really interesting. In the book of John, for instance, uh, John says several times, a man may say. James says, a man may say. 
but we, we say one thing, but what is apparent in our life is quite another. Now, it doesn't mean that someone who has committed any of these sins, but what it's talking about is somebody that that's just what they're known for. That's just what they are. The, the, the course of their life, the, their daily lives, they just live in these sins. And there's no repercussions. There's no uh, conviction over this. They just are able to live their lives and uh, hunky-dory, uh, living this way. And God says that's not the case because as God's people, God will get a hold of our hearts about these things, right? And, you know, it's, it's not for us to judge. Somebody says, well, how long can somebody be in one of these sins and still be saved. Well, you know, I, I, the Bible doesn't give that answer. Uh, but I do believe that if, if, if a person saved, according to these verses, if somebody's uh, saved by God's grace, God will, uh, well, it's kind of like, you know, the Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. So a child of God can enjoy sin. Uh, don't misunderstand me, but I'm telling you this, you can't enjoy it quite like you used to. You can't enjoy it quite like you used to. It's kind of like a Kind of like a sheep trying to jump in the mud with the pigs. Uh, the pigs can enjoy it a lot better. Maybe that sheep might enjoy it at first, but man, it's just, their nature is different. Uh, their makeup is different, and so there's something. And so he says here in verse 6 that we need to recognize deception. Let no man deceive you with vain words. Folks, we live in a day where the Bible warns that in the last days that the grace of God will be turned into lasciviousness. And that is to say that people will use grace to justify sin. People will just use the word grace to justify all manner of evil and say, oh, but isn't it so great that we have so much love and so much grace? It's like, it's, 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 it's such a misrepresentation of the truth and of God because the fact of the matter is a loving God understands what sin does to people and therefore does not condone sin in their lives but wants to rescue us from the sin that's in our lives. And so uh, so recognize the deception. Uh, we live in a time where these things are justified over and over, but folks, we may not like it. We may not always understand everything that God says uh, about these things, but one thing's for sure. God says that God's pretty clear on where we are when it comes to morality. There are questionable issues within uh, within people's lives, but when it comes to morality, it's a pretty black and white issue. We can use everything that we want to to justify fornication or covetousness or idolatry or whatever the case may be, being dishonest, lying, bitterness, wrath, unforgiveness, whatever the sins are, we can come up with a lot of excuses for why they're just why it's okay for us to commit these sins or in, in another case, maybe to omit the things that we ought to be doing that are right. But the fact of the matter is where God speaks very clearly on, we just side with God. And we just say, hey, have you ever talked to somebody and, and, you're, and you're making the statement, if you're preaching and teaching, a lot of times you'll come across this. Or if somebody asks you a question and you try to inform them, uh, they'll say, well, what does God say about this? Or what do you believe about this? And they'll just simply say, well, the Bible says, right here, God's Word says. And you'll begin to tell them what God's Word clearly says. And they'll say, are you saying... I'm like, well, hold on a second. I'm not saying anything. I'm just telling you what God's Word says. I'm telling you what God said. Uh, you know, there's sometimes I'm like, I don't even totally get it. But I'll tell you one thing. I know God says it. Yeah. Why? I don't know, but He sure does say it. It sure is clear. Amen? And so, 
recognize the deception because folks we got to be on guard in this day and age in which we live because remember we do fight satan but we also fight our flesh the depravity of our flesh we fight that we fight the world the flesh and the devil and so we got to be on guard recognize the deception and then he goes on to say to repudiate uh, the darkness. Repudiate the darkness. Notice what he says in verse number 7. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. I believe it's important as we go through this section to understand here, do not be partakers with those that are committing these sins. But then when he goes to address uh, the darkness itself, he's speaking of the sins themselves. Uh, or, or the sins in particular. And you'll see what I'm talking about in just a minute. Be ye therefore not partakers with them. Verse number 8, For ye were sometimes darkness. Mm-hmm. And isn't that interesting? He doesn't say you were sometimes in darkness. Yeah. He says you were sometimes dark. There was a day when you were darkness. But now, I love the buts in the Bible, amen? But now are ye light. Yes. And notice this, between here and verse number 14, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Ye are light. Walk that way. Live that way. Drop down to verse 10 just for a moment. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. I dropped to 10 because of the parentheses and I just wanted to continue that thought, but we'll go back because it's there for a reason. Verse 9, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Verse 10 again, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. To me, an important part right there is this. Uh, there, there's, there's something to be said about fellowship. There's a sense in which we, as much as we may be friendly with people, there's a sense that we can't have fellowship with someone that doesn't, that's not a believer in Christ because there's a, something, a core of something that we don't have in common. Yeah. <clears throat> in a sense. Now some people may call it fellowship because I'll tell you this much, Jesus was accused, and accurately so, He owned it of being a friend of sinners. Amen? Yeah. He was a friend of publicans and sinners. And you know what? We need to be a friend of sinners. We don't need to go around with our nose stuck up in in the air. And we talk about this, but I'm telling you, at the same time, we don't need to be partakers with people in their sin. Do not be lured into sinning. Do not be lured into base speech or base actions in order to try to show, yeah, see, I'm a real person. Um, don't, Don't be baited into that. Don't fall into that trap. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Do not be do not be a friend of sinners. Do not be a friend of sin. Amen. Okay. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. So we see light there again. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. This is really good. So let's let's pray and we'll get into these verses. Heavenly Father, please help me through this passage, dear God. Help me to be a, a sound preacher and teacher of your word. And God, I pray you'll give me light and may I also be a doer and a liver of your word as well. 
Well, thank you in Jesus' name. <coughs> Amen. Amen. Ye are the light of the world. We are light. This is one of the arguments he's using about the way we should live our lives. Now, we're going to see some things. What happens in a place where light radiates? Where light radiates? Number one, in verse number eight, the Bible lets us know that it brings a change of character. This light is the main passage through here. Verse 8 again, But you, you were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Uh, turn over with me, if you would, to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. And what we're talking about tonight is often referred to as biblical separation. And you'll see that especially here in uh, laid out perhaps in those terms in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 14. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse number 14, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Let me ask you this question. That, the Bible tries to ask some very practical and poignant questions. And that's a pretty good question. That any of us can answer, I believe. What fellowship hath light with darkness? How do they get along? They don't, do they? You bring light in, darkness leaves. Now there's going to be some shadows and things along the way, but shadow, uh, uh, darkness has to flee when light enter, enters in. And the same thing when when the light leaves, then 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 the darkness overtakes. Uh, and so. Uh, what, what fellowship hath light with darkness? They, they just don't get along. Alright, so what fellowship hath light with darkness? Verse 15, And what concord hath Christ with Belial, which is a false god or a demon? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. If you're saved, I want to read that verse again. Please mark it down. What a, what a wonderful truth this is. He says this, God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. That's you. Amen? Get that verse, know that verse, uh, familiarize yourself with that. Wherefore, come out from among them, saith the Lord. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Amen. Then we'll read chapter 7, verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Amen. And so he looks at this. Paul does not say again that we were in darkness. He says we were darkness. But now that we, we are saved, what darkness or what communion hath light with darkness? Interesting thing about light, light produces fruit. Light shines Fruit comes about. But the works of darkness are unfruitful as far as spiritual things are concerned. The Bible says, For the fruit of the Spirit, and it goes on to say here when you look at verse number 9, the fruit of the Spirit, 
Listen, part of the fruit of the Spirit, it's, it's producing light. And it's impossible to be in darkness and in light at the same time. And when the Bible's using these terms of light and darkness, oftentimes it's talking about the holiness of God versus the darkness of sin. So it, you, you can't be light and dark all at the same time. So the light produces fruit. And so the, the one manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. And what goodness is, is love in action. Being good to people. Being good to one another. Righteousness means righteousness of character before God and righteousness of actions before men. Both of these qualities are based on truth, which is, uh, which is allowing our lives to identify with the Word and the will of God. And so... Where the light radiates, it brings character and it brings about a change of conduct. Again, verse 9, a change of conduct. The fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And I really, you know, I've shared it many times, but I appreciate the, the, the idea and the illustration of fruit. Fruit grows. Uh, fruit is something uh, that you... Uh, it, it takes time to grow fruit, doesn't it? I mean, you can go buy fruit, but if you're trying to grow fruit, if you're trying to grow something in the garden, you know, you don't, it, it, it's not just something that you do. It's something that takes some time. It, it takes cultivating. It takes uh, watching the weather. It takes uh, knowing uh, the amount to water. And then when it's all left, all said and done, you've just got to let it happen. And you've got, there, there's weeds and stuff you may have to keep out of the way. But for the most part, and, 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 the, and you know what? When, you, when, a, when a plant starts producing fruit, or you know, and when I say fruit, it doesn't have to be, you know, berries and apples. It's just talking about bearing something. When it starts to bear, you know what? There's different sizes. Some grow quicker than others. Some uh, taste different than others. Fruit grows that way. And I, I just say that to say this. A lot of people try to enter into these passages and this is where they kind of decide to go into the manufacturing mode. You know, to where churches try to manufacture Christians. And, why, and, and I mean that by this. We come in, you come into this church, uh, and I'm saying I'm speaking uh, hypothetically or hypocritically, however you'd want to say it, but, it, but you, you come to this church and here's all of our rules. And it's like a mold that comes in. And get into this mold right away. Because, as I mean, like right now, you need to be looking like the rest of us look in here. Yep. Right? Everybody's got to look the same, smell the same. I mean, same hairdo, say amen the same way. I mean, everything, it's got to all be the same. Well, that, that's not the way fruit works. That's manufacturing. That's just stamping out. Amen. This is fruit. But let me tell you something. Light produces fruit. Now, the thing about fruit is this. The thing about Christian fruit is it, it's not always, you know, I, I say it this way. I believe that somebody that's saved by God's grace, I believe God's working in their lives. And I believe if, if we are basking in the holiness of God, if we're in the Word of God, we're faithful in church, we're praying, we're, we're growing, you know what, I believe that God will allow us to grow. But here's the thing, I may be growing in an area that you're not growing in. Yeah. God may be working on me about something that right now He's working on you about something totally different. And I, so, so you, what you got to be careful about is me saying, you know what, God is really strengthening me in this particular area of my life. Wait a second, Shane. You don't seem to be as strong in this area 
of your life as I am in my life. What's wrong with you? Maybe you need to... But what I don't realize is there's a whole different area that God's working on in Shane's life that honestly, if we were to look at, I'm probably really weak in that area. You see what I'm saying? And so God works on us. So we talk about fruit and that's, that's kind of another message really uh, overall to get in depth about. But I just want to say this, that the light produces fruit. There's a change of conduct. There's goodness, there's righteousness, and there's truth that is produced here. So light, where light radiates, there's a change of character, there's a change of conduct, and then there's a change of criterion. Criteria. Now what is criteria? Criteria is what you measure yourself against. Criteria is how are things, what are we judging this by? In other words, look at verse number 10. The Bible says, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. It is, it is to say this, to walk as children of light means to live before the eyes of God, not hiding anything. It carries the idea of when whatever it is in my life that I'm doing, what am I comparing it to? Am I comparing it to another brother or sister? How are they doing? Well, I'm doing better than they're doing, so I must be doing pretty good. Uh, well, but that's, that's not the way we prove uh, what is acceptable. That's not the criteria. The criteria is not other people. The criteria, let me tell you something, the criteria is not your heart. And the criteria is not your feelings. And I say that because it's real easy. And remember, understand when I'm preaching this to you, I'm preaching this to you as a sinner that's uh, uh, saved by God's grace that God's still working on. And I I can say these things from experience because I know what it is to say, well, I know the Bible says this, but you know, I really feel like Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, not to what I feel like. Well, I, you know, I know it says this, but I really feel in my heart. Not the criteria. That's not what we're going off of. Amen. We're proving what's acceptable to the Lord. Amen. Somebody says, well, you know, I just haven't really felt convicted about it. I mean, how, do, how, how does that, I mean, bring that to your home. Son, I thought I told you to mow the lawn today. Well, you know, Dad, I just didn't really feel led to. I just didn't really feel convicted in that. Yeah, but I, I told you. Go, go to work tomorrow. Go to work. Just go sit. Don't really do this, okay? Go to work tomorrow. Just go sit in the break room. Turn the TV on and just sit there and, you know, dig into the vending machine, get your lunch out, get somebody else's lunch out, whatever, and... Sit there, and when the boss comes in and say, oh, what are you doing? Uh, I thought I told you to get out and do that. Well, yeah, you know, you told me that, but I just didn't really feel convicted to do that today. I didn't feel led. I didn't feel led. How much more when God says to do something? I just didn't really feel led. You know, I didn't feel led. Well, bless your heart, amen. We don't have to feel led. What is the criteria? It's not whether or not I feel led. It's not my heart. It's not my feelings. It's, you know what? The Bible says in the last days people will heap to, them, heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. You can find somebody out there that will preach exactly what you want them to preach. The way you want. That will agree with whatever it is that you've already made up your mind about. You can find them out there. That's not, brother so-and-so is not the criterion. Amen? 
Ooh, look how wonderful they're doing though. Not the criteria, amen? Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And so where light radiates, it brings about a change of character, it brings about a change of conduct, and it brings about a change of criterion. What, what is it that we're trying to be acceptable? We're trying to be acceptable to the Lord. And you know, let me tell you one of the great things about being acceptable to the Lord. Let me tell you one of the great things about not trying to just be acceptable to your peers in church. Somebody can look at me and they say, you know what, I don't really agree with what you're doing or what you're not doing in your life right now. If I'm proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, guess what? You're not my criteria. You're not. And so I can say, if I'm proving what is acceptable to the Lord, what it is is I can have confidence. And somebody can, it's like, well, fine. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Now, understand, and I know with everything that's said, it does. some people say, well, it doesn't matter what people think about you. To some extent, it does. You don't want to offend a weaker brother. You know, we, we, We've got to be a testimony. Uh, and, and we'll see that it does matter here in a little bit. But what I'm saying is this. If I'm living my life and I'm trying to prove what is acceptable to the Lord, I don't have to let somebody else's conscience judge me. Yeah. And then say, oh, well, I guess old brother so-and-so said... I shouldn't do this or that, so I better not do it. Uh, or I'm, I'm not right with God. Because, by golly, when he was saved or when she was saved, God took that away from them, you know, or whatever. It's like, well, you know what? Yeah, man, it's something still struggling, but God's helping me. Uh, God's helping me, and, I, and pray for me. Uh, but I know, and that's the thing. It's not that I know that I'm perfect, because I don't know that I'm perfect, because I'm not perfect. Um, I mean, really, I'm not. And I don't know I'm trying to convince you of that. I don't think I have to spend any time doing that. But the point is this. It's that, no, I'm not perfect. Yeah, I'm not, yeah you can judge me. I mean, you can, you can find, you, if you know me, you can look, man, you could do better in this area and that area. Yeah, I could. But you know what? I'm trying, amen? And I'm open. And I'm trying to let God do a work in my life. And I know that God knows my heart. And I know that God knows that that's something that He's working on me about and, and so forth. So, so therefore, I, I'm letting, I'm, I'm proving things. The Bible says they're proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, not to everybody else, not to all these other things. He's the criteria. So where the light radiates, we see that there's a change of character, a change of conduct, there's a change of criterion. And then where we see that not only where light radiates, but also what light repudiates. What light repudiates. Verse, verse number 11. The Bible says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. So what is done in darkness is some, is, are things that we cannot compromise with. Children of light, we walk in darkness. We don't... We, we understand that by walking as children of light, it also means that God's light in our daily lives. By our character, conduct, we bring light into the world. And as God's light, we help others find their way to Christ. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, the mind of the unsaved person is blinded by Satan. They're in darkness. Satan's blinded them. Ephesians 4, 17 through 19 says that they're blind through sin. 
Only as we witness and share Christ can the light enter in. Just uh, and, and it's and it's our lives. Light reveals God. Light produces fruit. But I want you to understand this. Light also exposes what is wrong. Yeah. You ever look in a really bright mirror? And maybe that's great for some of you. But for some of us, we look in a mirror with really good lighting and we're like, oh my gosh. You know, who's the corpse standing before me? You know, it's like, this is terrible. And light reveals things. Okay? Uh, light reveals. Light exposes. But you know, because here's the thing. When we look at this, I think we've got to have the right mindset about it. Folks, we live, around, we live around a lost world that is groping in sin. Lost in sin. And darkness. Ignorance. As God's people, we, we can never allow ourselves to think that we are one iota better than anybody. Because that's sometimes what can happen. People misapply and misuse these verses in that way. No. We are not trying to live a, a life of light in order to, again, please anybody else or to make ourselves better than anybody else. Man, and, and, and we're not doing it to try to condemn these people. We don't do it because we want to help some people. And that's why we want to say, you know what, man, I, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Oh, Jesse, don't do this or that or the other thing. Or, or even, even more, have you ever heard it, had anybody say, Jesse, you know, so-and-so, you can't do this. I know you would probably do this, but yeah. you can't because you're trying to... And you want to say, no, 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 I could. Yeah. But by God's grace, I've chosen not to because I, I have a different desire. I want to please God. And let me tell you, if God can do it for me, He can do it for you. Amen? So it's not about making this separation and saying, oh, I'm so much better than you. No. It's about light reflecting and saying, look, if God can do it with a sinner like me, He can do it with you. Amen. We don't want to justify people's sin, but we want to love the sinner. Amen? So we don't compromise with the darkness. The light often exposes the darkness. And it can be a really challenging thing when your life as a child of God begins to expose the darkness in other people's life. Because let me tell you something, people don't appreciate that. You may not, you're not saying nothing. You, you're, not, you don't feel, you're not trying to be holier than thou in any kind of way. But you are living your life differently. You are raising your family differently. You are making different decisions. And as a result of that, People automatically say, you think you're so much better. And you don't think that at all. That's right. But what happens is, the light of our lives sometimes begins to shine on the darkness in their lives. And when they begin to see that, yeah. just like us looking in the mirror, all of a sudden, light is exposed. And they're like, ooh, what is this? Man, what kind of man am I? What kind of, what kind of woman am I? What, kind of, what about the joy that they seem to have? Yeah. What about the peace? What about the love that they have? Man, what is that? And what it does is it gives them the opportunity to recognize this and hopefully come to the light, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. that they can be saved by God's grace. He wants to save them. Just as God caused the light to shine out of darkness, that's what He, he wants to speak through our lives to cause light to shine in the lives of other people. And that's what He wants to do. And so, but, but, but through that, we do not compromise with the darkness we stand in stark contrast. I mentioned this at the start of the message in John twelve forty six. Jesus said, I am come a light into the world. And what a blessing that is. Amen? See, we've got to look at this from a positive standpoint. 
It's funny how these passages can be dealt with so negatively sometimes. I've heard it that way anyway. Remember what the Bible says, that in, in, in the land of darkness that God's caused a great light to shine, going back to Isaiah. John 12, 46, I am come a light into the world. Man, that's awesome. He also said to his disciples there again, Matthew 5, 14, ye are the light of the world. When he was on earth, the perfection of his character and conduct exposed sinfulness of those around him. And this is one reason why the religious leaders hated him and sought to destroy him. And let me tell you something. You will truly find from the very beginning, there's nothing that hates righteousness. There's nothing that hates a life that's lived by grace through faith and a salvation that's by grace through faith than religion, than works religion. Nothing that hates it more. Uh, you know, matter of fact, uh, I, I just heard today about uh, some uh, pastor that calls himself, uh, you know, considers himself evangelical or whatever. Uh, but but I, but he was attacking Mike Pence for some some strong stand that he had. Maybe it was against abortion or whatever it was. Uh, but what's he doing? Religion, man, that man religion, that works religion, always hates the way of faith, and it's always that way. Jesus said, If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not sinned. But now they have no cloak for their sin. John 15, 22. They have no cloak for their sin. God's people exposes darkness and sin around Him just by living and letting Christ live His life through us. Walk in light denounce and expose darkness through our lives, through the way we live. It's not enough to simply expose the wickedness, but we've got to walk in light, bearing fruit. So I believe that a, that a child of God's life ought to be a blessing in the, light of some, in the life of somebody that's in darkness. Amen. Amen. That we're showing them love, that we're showing them mercy, that we're showing them grace. Because sometimes people can get it again mixed up and they can almost just go in the attack against this person. Forgetting that this person is the person that's the prisoner that needs rescued. Amen? They're the person in darkness. They're the blind person. Yeah. And the light's bothering them. And we just need to help them come to the light uh, through, our lo through the love of Christ and through the light of Christ. It's interesting. Quick there, verse number 12, the Bible says, For it is even a shame to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. So he's talking about reprove these works, but he's saying, you know what? You don't have to go into all kinds of detail. We can warn against fornication without saying, man, and there's this kind. Let me tell you about these. And let me tell you about, uh, you know, there's, there's details sometimes. It's a shame to speak. Sometimes people can all be trying to get real. And, you know, we use that terminology about, around here about we want to be real and everything. But then some people take that to a far degree. There's a balance with everything. But there's people that can get uh, cross the line in the way they're referring to. Uh, I can think of some satanic practices that I learned about when I was reading about Satanism. Well, I don't need to say, man, did you know in Satanism they do this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he says, you know what? There's something. The Bible says that we ought to be um, uh, wise. Uh, let me see. I hope I got this passage, this verse in here. Um, yeah, okay. Romans 16, verse 19. But yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Yeah. Wise to that which is good and simple concerning evil. Uh, I had some. Uh, I knew some. Had some people tell me that we need to take our kids. And I'm telling you, this is when Hannah and uh, Caitlin were just little, little tykes. You know, we, you, you know, you really ought to take them out to Sturgis so they can see what the world is really like. Sturgis. You know, and Sturgis. Uh, yeah, it sounds good. Am I? 
then here I'm about to. But I'll tell you one thing. I mean, some of the people out there, just, they, they wear paint. That's all they wear, okay? And I feel like I'm, uh, it's a shame speaking of those things which they do. But what my point is this. It's like, really? I've got to do that, so this is what it's really like. You know, no, I can just say, you know what? They're very modest out there. We're not going. Amen. And you say, well, you can go out to Sturgis and stay away from that stuff. That's cool. Go do it. That's fine. But I'm not taking my kids to uh, the heart of that action and saying, here you go, kids. Just wanted y'all to know. You know what? I'd rather be simple. Be simple concerning evil. Be simple concerning evil. Uh, And again, there's a balance to that as well. And we talk about simple right there. It's literally talking about kind of being dumb. Kind of being dumb. And that's not too hard for some of you. But, yeah. but yet, I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Um, I, I've, known youth, I've known youth evangelists and people like that, youth pastors, that go and get, they dig in real deep into what the kids are into today. I've known people that have dug deep into uh, material that you have no need to dig deep into just to be able to say, you know what, stay away from it. That's trash. It's wrong. Amen. But they dig really deep because they want to know. And I'm telling you, man, you talk, there, there's been a lot of people fallen, become vexed through those kinds of things. Be simple concerning evil. It's a shame to even speak of those things that are done unto them in secret. Uh, done of them in secret. And then, uh, then verse 13 and 14, lastly, the Bible says, But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doeth manifest is light wherefore he saith awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead and christ shall give thee light this is such a beautiful picture because this is a east this is the easter part of the message as i close the easter part of the message aren't you glad that easter ain't just some sunday we celebrate once a year i really am man this is a daily thing for the child of god if you're walking in light and love easter is a daily thing for you Or else you're not being... Because that's exactly what he's talking about right here. Uh, The work of the Savior. So we see the work of sin, but we see the work of the Savior. He shall give thee light. Notice what it says there. um, The last few words there, verse 14. And Christ shall give thee light. This is awesome. That literally means shall shine upon thee. And that, that, that phrase was used to describe the rising of the sun. Christ shall give thee light. See, we don't have any light of our own. That's why we don't boast. We can't boast, we can't brag, we can't stick our noses up for anything. We don't have any light of our own. He shines His light on us. Amen. The, the, The sun comes up and the sun shines upon us. When you think of light, you think of waking up to a new day. And that's the picture that's presented here. Uh, Listen, on that Easter morning when Christ arose from the dead, it was the dawning of a new day. Both literally and in a very strong spiritual sense. Christians are not sleeping in sin and death. We have been raised from the dead, and you hath he quickened who were dead in sins. The darkness of the graveyard is past. The grave clothes are off. And we are walking in righteous garments. We are walking uh, cloaked and clothed in His righteousness, in His love. We're walking in the light of salvation. And salvation is the beginning of a new day. And sanctification is the beginning of a new day for the child of God. So every day we wake up and it's not about us. Not about our righteousness. But it's about the Spirit of God. It's about Christ shining on me. Shining on me. Being a reflector. Reflector of the light. But see, 
It reminds me as we all stand and we'll be dismissed, but it reminds me of an old lantern. Now, a lot of the younger folks don't know much about lanterns, uh, but a, a, an old lamp or an old lantern that has the, the wick and everything, and you've got to trim that wick. If you don't, you burn the wick, and you can see it with a candle uh, too, but especially with those... Man, we, we, we used to have these oil lamps around the house, and we'd light them, and if you didn't trim that wick and there was a lot on there, man, it would get dark smoke, and it would, it would make the, the, the globe, the glass that the light was supposed to be shining through, it would get all... Uh, it, it would get concealed with this, this smudge from the smoke, this soot from the wick that hadn't been trimmed. And there's a bright light shining in there, but you can't really see it because the globe is smudged, because the the wick isn't trimmed. And what God's saying to us is, our part is by God's grace to keep our wick trimmed down. Our part by God's grace is to keep that globe, that that glass for the light to be able to shine through, for the Lord to be able to shine through. Uh, Man, and that takes some effort, doesn't it? Because we sure do got some smudge in our or we got some uh, soot in our lives sometimes, don't we? And it don't take long. And, and, and that taking care of the candlestick, that taking care of the wig, is a daily job. The priest every day would have to make sure it was trimmed. A, f- a fresh uh, bit of wick up there to, so the light could shine bright, that the oil could come through, and that the light could shine bright and radiant. And that's exactly what God wants to do in our lives. He's shining, and He wants to shine upon us and through us. But God help us to be clean. Be trimmed up so He can shine and show the world what they need in Him. Amen?